You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanea and Priya. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 63 of the Girls on the Grid podcast. Happy New Year to you all. It's so good to be back. Tanea, I've missed you. I've missed you. I've missed you so much. It's so nice to be I've missed you so much. We just got on this, um, we got on this recording and we were both like, why haven't we seen each other lately? And now we've organized a sleepover for tomorrow night. So I'm really yes. excited about that. It's what, it's what you do in your mid twenties. You just have sleepovers here and there. You're never, you're never too old for sleepovers. I don't think. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm excited for our sleepover. I'll bring the lollies. You bring the chocolate. All right. I've got some good movie suggestions as well. And let's gossip about boys. That's literally what we've just been doing for the last <laughs> half an hour, which is so sad. Before we started oh to record. <laughs> oh, God. This is about female empowerment, all right? We're not talking about boys anymore. No, right. no. We don't talk about boys on the recording. We talk about boys in our own time. Yeah. When we stop recording, that's what we talk about. Yes. yes. Anyway. No more boys. No more boys. Go. No more boys. So we've had the summer break. I've had a, I've still got another week, which is nice. Um, Off season. I've had a very solid, yeah, it's been so good. It's been so refreshing. Um, it's still been so busy though. Like I just wanted to stop for a bit and I, I haven't, and it's been so good. Like I've been out doing so much cool stuff, but I'm literally, I'm still just a bit cooked, but you know what? I'm, I'm actually, I'm really motivated. I'm ready to get back into it. I think it's going to be such a good year. What have you been up to? Tell us where you been? What are you saying? Surprise, surprise, I've been working. Shock horror. Uh, mm. Pretty much as soon as that uh, calendar ticked from 2023 to 2024, my email inbox flooded open with so many different things. So, yeah, it's been intenso. I've had quite a few shoots. I shot some motocross yesterday, which was fun. Tomorrow I'm going to Tickford to shoot with Thomas Randall, which will be fun for some Castrol mm-hmm. content uh tuesday i am editing that content and editing a couple of things on my to-do list before wednesday i jump on a plane and go to new zealand for the first round of the castro toyota formula regional oceana championship at taupo or topo motorsport park in new zealand so that will be where i'll spend my weekend first weekend of 2024 back at a racetrack and I'm excited. I've like spent the whole day today, like labeling my new like SD cards and batteries and getting all my camera equipment organized. And I just love the start of a new season because by like weekend three or four, I'm like, all right, I'm over this. But like at the start of the season, the hype is just like, oh, it's just so good. Everything like it just feels like everything's going to be, it is. Yeah. It's like, and it's just like refreshing. It's a fresh start. I mean, there's nothing better really. I'm I'm really looking forward to it too. But starting to be like test break. days and stuff. Oh, it's just yeah. It's just a great time to work in motorsport. I think like one of the best things about motorsport is that I know people say like, oh, it's so repetitive every year, but it's actually not. Like every year it's so exciting seeing just the new people coming into it mm. or like, you know, even with supercars at the moment, there's so many changes underway. They've gone and done all their new wind drivers. tunnel testing over the summer. Mm. New drivers, like the, it's very exciting. I'm actually, mm. I, I really hope the seat, like it's a very positive season. I feel like last year it just fell behind a little bit and it was a bit, the vibe was a little bit off. Bro, 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 bro. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for livery season. Gets me every year. Oh, Yeah. Oh, livery reveals. Oh, oh who's yes. going to make me feel bad about my editing skills? <laughs> Probably T-Rat. He always nails oh, it every time. We, just, we don't even compare him. He's just Tom Rattenbury, uh, Tickford's videographer. He's just in a whole different world oh. and just makes us all feel so insignificant every time he makes a I, video. Oh, I have to like mentally prepare myself every time I watch him. Like, I don't watch this them. This is going to make me feel like shit. I don't watch them. Really? I just, no, oh, no. no. I can't do it. I, I put myself to. through enough I, pain. I'm, I understand it, but yeah. Imagine being that good that people can't watch your videos because like other editors can't watch I, your videos because it's yeah, I don't, I don't feel that because that's not me. <laughs> oh, God, we love you, T-Rat. You're amazing. Um, You're afraid. Yeah, very Stop exciting so things. Good. I know. Stop it. Far out. Okay. What else is going on? Far out. I'm just trying you, to you think about it all. You have had a busy off-season 
And you, I have been doing it. Yesterday you were driving a freaking race car. Talk about riches, <laughs> living up to the surname. It's actually, it is weird that like I'm I'm driving now. Like that, I, it all started off as like not a joke. I'm not saying a joke, but it was something I did joke about that I wanted it to do. Started off you being but a be like, higher go-karter. That's how it yeah, started. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm actually putting money towards like going and testing race cars. It just feel I feel like a bit of a loser, but I absolutely love it. Like it has been so fun. It's it's something I never thought I'd be able to do. Like if I told myself six months ago I was doing this, I wouldn't. I honestly so wouldn't crazy. believe it. It's but it's been incredible. I've I've driven eighty sixes Excels. Uh, I've driven Mazda RX eight the other day, which they're such cool cars. By the way, I'm actually. We, and in our next pod, I'll be talking to Maisie Place, who we have done a pod with previously. And we did a little part two because she has achieved so much since we last spoke to her. So, And she's just got such a cool story. And she's probably part of the reason that I actually got into racing, to be honest. Like there's a few g- girls out there who just really inspired me and she's definitely one of them. So I'm really excited for that pod. And I'll talk about, I'll talk all about the test day in that and um i've also got plenty of content coming out probably on my instagram or my youtube i'm gonna give myself a plug because Do it. i just have been so inactive on social media i'm f- everything i put up is flopping so please please go watch my rx8 test day vlog it'll be I out i feel like 99 percent of the people who listen to this podcast already follow you on instagram <laughs> i know but i don't know i feel like i'm just i'm I'm flopping, but no, not, right. not in twenty. No, 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 no. Right. for real, for real. All right, twenty twenty four is the year that Tanea and Priya live up to their potential as athletes. You reckon? Is this? Are we talking? Yeah. Are we talking? It's it's our season, baby. It's our season. You know what? Are we talking futsal for you? No, I'm gonna buy a motorbike. I am gonna buy a motorbike. Oh, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. If not motorbikes, surely. Are you actually? I'm going to do it. I don't know when. I just have to get over the oh mental hurdle of being so scared that I'm going to hurt myself because then I can't work. Oh, who cares? That's when I I'm going to do it. It's like <laughs> please. So it's like 12 grand for me to buy an off the like an off the floor current model bike. And I'm like yeah. I'm like 80% there on convincing myself that it's a great idea. The 20% is like what happens if I break my leg because motorbikes is just so easy. But the old other thing I'm battling with, the other thing I'm battling with is I have broken my leg before. We don't talk about that. The other thing I'm battling with is like, I just don't have any spare weekends. Like motorbike tracks, like the, the ride parks, which are the ones where you don't race. You just go pay a hundred bucks or 50 bucks or whatever it is for the day between like nine and two. And you just ride you don't have to like line up on a start mm. grid or race people or anything like that. They're only open on Saturday, Sundays. And like, realistically, I've got like 20 free Saturday, Sundays a year. That's still so, 20 free. That's still 20 days. You could be on a motorbike. Like, that is true. Then I've got to factor in like weather. If I, if I overthink it, I'll never do it. So I'm just going to say that 2024 is athlete season for girls on the grid podcast. And I'm going right. to buy a motorbike and you're going to be a race car driver. All right. We're so on. Look at this. So we're excited. media chicks turned motorsport athletes. I am going to get in the... on, I'm going to get on AMX Superstores right now. Shout out to AMX Superstores because we love you. And I'm going to find the set of gear and boots that I'm going to buy. Look at me go. This is your. This means you're doing it. If you're already oh. looking at gear, you're doing I'm it. Or, have you, you are. I, I really... So, you know, like, like race suits, this is a cool comparison for anyone who doesn't know anything about motocross, like race suits are normally like pretty plain. They've got logos, or if you don't have any sponsors, they're just plain, but like race gear is so sexy. Motorbike gear is Mm. incredibly sexy. The designs are just hot. And I just love, I do agree. I just love looking at like, and like, oh my God, a matching helmet boot and um like jersey um like pants combo oh good lord just just take me out you know you need to get mcleod media blue you know that but my helmet's blue and red and i'm not going to buy a new helmet because they're really expensive Uh, i could buy yeah i'm looking into that at the moment it's 
Oh, it's be so nice, but it, I just am using dad's old ones for now. <laughs> $207 for a gear set. That's really cheap. Mm. And that's blue. Yeah, I was going to say, cloud media blue. I'm going to text you a link, Priya. And I know this has no like relevance to the pod, but I'm going to text you a link because it's no, happening it for us. it gives me something to look forward to. Got to follow the journey, you know? Exactly. Here this time next journey. year we could be freaking... You could be oh, doing the I don't know whatever big could. motorsport race it motocross race it is, and I could be in fucking Bathurst. Sorry, I just swore. Make sure you. I'm not gonna bleep that. <laughs> cut that. I'm not, I'm not gonna bleep it, but we'll just apologize in advance. Actually, we'll, okay, poli- we'll apologize in. What's the opposite I've never of advance? On the pods. What's the opposite of advance? Like if you apologize. Apologize. In. You okay, say you I could have said words. Hang on, can you send that to me on Facebook Messenger? Because my texts aren't coming through on my laptop. Sorry, my laptop's been very annoying today. God. I apologize for anyone listening to this. <laughs> We're not going to bother editing this out because nah, that's just no. work that you get, we don't need to do. You're going to hear the full the full combo. It's hot, right? It's, it's blue. not. I, I can't. I still can't see it. Oh, oh, hang on. Oh Jesus, God. it's not. You're a battler. I don't know what's going on? My okay. I don't know if it's my internet because my internet's working fine on this. Oh god! All right. Well, while this is loading, <laughs> I'm gonna out. let's talk about. Here we go. Here we go. I've got it. All right. This this is this is uh this is turning me on. <laughs> it's hot. hot right? It's hot. Imagine that how good I good. looked it out like that. Oh, it just. It like was there and then I've just done something and now it says no image available. So that's great. Okay. But I love it and I support it and I'm excited to see you on a motorbike. Yes. My brother, my, you know, Clay bought a motorbike recently and dad did as well. And Good my mum is just a mess over it. A road oh bike. God, I could imagine. Oh, road bikes yeah. are dangerous. I don't like this. Yeah. Road bikes, road bikes are scary. See, like anyway, I race, I race bikes for so long, but you would never catch me dead on a road bike because I don't want to die. Those, when you see people come off those, it's just like, that's it. Mm. You know, you come off it, nah. you're done. What? Nah, no, thanks. Anyways, on yeah, that grim that note, on the grim <laughs> note, should we, should we talk about our guest that is joining us on this week's podcast joining me actually why'd you say why'd you say on the grim note <laughs> what we're just talking about death we're talking about people okay yeah let's killing themselves on on road bikes <laughs> okay no well, actually we're, we're no we're talking about motorbikes and in a more positive light this guest in particular loves motorbikes so this guest in particular is so it. hot i love her i okay wait hang on before we get into it i need to tell a story about our guest can we say it now obviously they're looking at the title well they, like, they've seen the title they know who it is they yeah. know kate, the incredible kate peck yeah she is incredible so I love my first my first ever dealing with kate peck i don't even know like i don't know if she's gonna listen to this i don't even know if she'll remember it but back in 2017 i was in year 10 and i did work experience at bmw australia and I worked in the marketing and comms team and I ended up organizing a company car for her to have for the week when <laughs> she so came cute. down to Melbourne and I met her and I got to have coffee with her in the cafe with um, uh, Siobhan, one of the girls I was working with. And she kind of knew like of my, my family background, but she, she didn't know me, but she was so cool. She was so lovely and like just this ball of energy incredible lady like so cool I was just in awe but yeah there's a cool little story of me in year 10 doing work experience running into (laughs) Kate Peck of all people which was so cool she's so good there's this story that I didn't tell on the podcast like during the podcast we at the Adelaide 500 she was one of the event ambassadors and she was in the media center like dressed like glammed up like looking hot af right and she was with these guys, you know, that do you know Shepmates? The guys that like mind yes, the commentary. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love them. And she was like showing them around. They were all brand ambassadors for the event. And I was like sitting like, so I don't know how to explain this audio only, but like there was two tables of four and I was at the second table of four. And then I was facing the Shepmates 
Miles and Archie, I think his name is. And then Kate like had her mm-hmm. back to me and I'm sitting in the media center and I'm just like, get back, get back. And I just kept saying it like progressively louder until she turned around while I'm making like direct eye contact with the, um, with the like shipmate guys. And they're just like, what the heck are you doing? I'm just like, pick, pick, pick. <laughs> you know, like the penis game where you just yell it progressively louder. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like that. Peck. Peck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she turned around and we the had penis this like, game. <laughs> so there's going to be people who have no idea what you're talking about. Anyway. Let's just leave it like that. Um, and then, and then Kate like turned around. We had this like massive embrace in the Adelaide 500 media center. And that is that that's the story. And I think that's an incredible way to intro the start of this episode, which is episode 63 of the girls in the group podcast. But for this episode, I'm riding solo. And by riding solo, I mean, I'm joined by Kate Peck, who could be the most exuberant woman in the history of the world. Kate? Whoa. Whoa. That's such a word. <laughs> and I'll take it. Look, I don't know. I've never been described that way, but mate, I'm there. I'm for it. I'm taking it. It's now mine. I own it. What's the meaning of exuberant? I'm going to make sure that it's not a bad word. The meaning of exuberant is full of energy, excitement, and cheerfulness. Yeah, that's a good. That's a compliment. Oh, is that really the? Uh, is that the, def, the? That's the dictionary definition. I'll yeah. That's, that's a bit of peck in that nutshell. Oh, you should just have a photo of Kate Peck. They have like a little like descriptor below it, and the descriptor below it is a noisy bunch of exuberant youngsters. Well, I've been described as much worse before. Yeah, yeah, a noisy bunch of peck. That's what we'll put there instead. <laughs> perfect, perfect. All right, Kate, welcome to the Girls in the Grid podcast for the second time. The second time. Oh, yeah, we've done this briefly before, haven't we? Yeah, that was great. That was in a foyer and it was noisy. And I can't even remember what we talked about, but it must have been exuberant. It was in the foyer of the University of Sydney Technology. A place that I am not familiar with because my time in university is zilch. (laughs) All right. I want to learn the full story of the peck, the whole story. Like from the very beginning? Yes. When you said, g'day world, I'm Kate. How do we, how do we start that story? Well, um, well, it began in Canada where I was born in the Rocky Mountains. Um, I was born in a place called Jasper and um, I was the last baby to be born in that hospital and my poor mum went through absolute hell to get me out because the doctors were that shit. Um, so she's possibly still traumatised by that. Um, and my dad was a pilot ski instructor and um, I left Canada when I was like two-ish, moved to Cairns. My brother came into the world, moved to Melbourne. My parents split up and then stayed in Melbourne. And then when I went to school, blah, blah, finished school miraculously, was a shithead at school Still working towards forgiving myself for being such a turd at school and wasting my mother's school fees. Um, one day I will maybe buy her a small apartment because I won't be able to afford anything more. Um, and then I actually was, when I was 16, I went for this competition called Search for a Supermodel on Channel 10. And that's how I started modeling because I got through on that and um so i'd like split some modeling with with school um juggle that and then after school i moved to sydney when i was like 18 to module um and just after then i think i moved to new york came back for a bit and then my dad so the whole time my dad had been riding motorbikes um 
adventure riding. So he would take off for like 10 months of each year um, with my stepmom and ride around the world on their motorcycle, so two up. And then in my early 20s, Dad invited me. I'd got a scooter and I would ride around Sydney on my scooter um, going to castings. And I remember like I would, because uh, I didn't have my car licence and I would like have all my leathers on. Can I swear, by the way? Is this a no swearing podcast or is this a swearing podcast? <laughs> it's a podcast that I'll bleep if you swear. So go for it. Okay, okay. I'll just I'll just tone down my swearing. Um, and I would go into pubs and like I'd have all my leathers and stuff on, riding a scooter, looking ridiculous. Um, and then I'd have like a dress under my seat and some high heels in my portfolio, and I would get changed in a pub, and then I would go to the casting. And um, then go back to the pub, get back into my leathers and take off on my scooter. Um, And so that was my intro to motorcycling in terms of me riding two wheels. And then my dad invited me to a a big trip to Africa. So I had to learn how to ride a motorcycle, which I did for like a hot second and then just went straight to Africa on this massive motorcycle and for like three months and that was, that began my love of motorcycling um, in my early 20s. And I think around that stage I was like back and forth from New York because I originally I went to London, then Japan, then New York. In New York I was there for three years and I think I got booted out of the country, um, came back to Australia and – started looking for another job um, because I wanted to work out like what I was going to do next. And I'd done half a journalism and half a marketing degree and they were both poo. Um, And then I um, started going for TV gigs um, and I didn't get, I didn't get anything for a while, for a long time. And then I was, um, I was chosen to be the face, the ambassador for the Formula One. So that was in 2012. Um, and that kind of kicked off my TV media career and intro to cars and Formula One and stuff. Um, from there, and that was such an amazing experience. Like I was hanging out with Lenny Kravitz. Like we were bum chums for the weekend. Like what the hell? Um, I got to do donuts in a Formula One car. Like, I wasn't driving. Um, but yeah, I was in the passenger seat of. It's probably a good thing you weren't driving. Yeah, that's actually really true. Otherwise, it would have, yeah, turned, turned really expensive really quickly after I put it into a wall. Um, so that was the most amazing experience. And then from there, MTV, I don't know, I think they saw a photo or interview or something with me and um they asked me in for an audition to be their vj um one of their vjs as like a co-host and then I, i worked at mtv for like five years doing the most bonkers insane like parties and hosting tv and interviewing celebrities and interviewing all the geordie shaw like rat bags who were just revolting um and that was just a wild, wild. See, I'm a big fan of Geordie Shaw. Oh, really? Really? Still? Do you still like catch up on the episodes? Like, I can't believe it's still going. I I was watching it. I started like from like season one, like you know, like the OG Geordie Shaw, like two weeks yeah. ago. And I just enjoy oh. watching how how hectic it is because I do not. That is not me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's basically... I live vicariously through these crazy people. It's when the world started to go downhill steadily, I feel, is when reality TV started and everything from there just got pretty f***ed, I think. Um, And I really feel it changed the landscape in a very big way. And that's especially when MTV started going in a different direction. Um, and now MTV, like, doesn't even exist in Australia. 
why do you think there was such a big issue with putting a bunch of single 20 to 25 year old people in one house and telling them to go and drink every night and do whatever they wanted who who possibly thought that would be a good idea well it's actually it's kind of a genius idea because we just as humans we just seem to love to observe other humans doing bad things that mm. we would people watching yeah that we mm. would never do um and and we we like drama we like clickbait we like headlines and they're they're basically they're just being fed alcohol so they can go and do revolting things and embarrass themselves forever and never get another job ever because that's like that's what must happen when you're on maths these days honestly um yeah we're just fascinated by it it's just like a car crash you know you see a car crash you just want to stop and like have a look at it you can't stop looking yeah yeah Mm. yeah so um I don't do I don't do reality TV very well. Like I'm not big on re- like current reality TV, but I'm very big on old reality TV. Like if it was filmed in like 2012, 2013, I'm in. They're a different different breed. It's something so retro and nostalgic about some of it as well though, right? It's so good. I just I could spend like I love watching like X on the Beach and like Geordie Shore. But like Maths or Love Island, I'd rather do anything else but watch either of those shows. Yeah, I feel like it used to be so much more organic and now it's really not. Everything's kind of forced and contrived and edited where I think it just – we were just fascinated by by the simple things back then. But now it's all just like – it's all just – and it's scripted so it's not real. Yeah. And mm. – it's just cringy and, yeah, it just used to be so much more, I don't know, naive and just the wow factor was so different. Early seasons of Geordie Shore, there is no way that that was scripted or, like, like heavily produced because that was just loose. Yeah, yeah, they're just wild. I remember them coming into the MTV office and, like, none of them would be wearing knickers and, like, they'd fall up the stairs and, like, you'd get, a, like, a visual <laughs> of everything and, like, they'd get so wasted and they I swear they hadn't showered in, like, days and their fake tan was, like, something, like, that an Oompa wouldn't, like, wouldn't even go near. Like, it was so, so oh disgusting. <laughs> and their hair was, like, God, there was, like, food in their hair and, like, they were just disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. And they'd make they get them to go out and do all these like rural like parties like in like you know just places like Bathurst and just random places with random nightclubs and that that's they'd like do a tour of like the the Australia's shittest nightclubs and then they'd come back to the town for a bit and they'd just always be drunk. <laughs> I could not think of anything worse. Anyways, yeah. this podcast about motorsport has taken a rapid tangent. It has, yep, yeah, and I blame you. Uh, but I'm going to get it back on track. So then um, um, I, after MTV, um, I was still doing motorcycling things on the side and um, like ambassador roles for motorbike like manufacturers and stuff. And then I, and then Channel 10 started up RPM that um, program motorsport weekly motorsport program great name for a tv show great name isn't it yeah i i agree so simple yet so effective such a good name exactly mm. and so they they got me on on board and that was for like five or six years and that was the funnest like the funnest i could do i got to go and do anything i wanted like fly planes get my race car license like go on adventure rides like do stunt driving like head up to queensland and go to movie world and learn from luffy and like wow it was just bonkers and we did the coverage of supercars moto gp formula one um it was a, just a just just so much fun in studio. We like we travel around Australia and go to car shows and events and go to the Fink Desert Race and um, hot air ballooning with David Walsh um, and just to all the brands, all the manufacturers. Go down and did like the Targa. 
uh, Tazzy, just amazing. I was so, so um, lucky, and I just saw you yawn, Tanea. Am I, am I keeping you? <laughs> I put myself on mute. <laughs> you outed me. Yeah, the audience can't see it, but I saw a yawn. <laughs> I haven't had... I haven't had a monster energy drink today, so I'm... Oh, is that your thing? uh, I need to do that. You do not need to have a monster energy in the morning. That is revolting. I beg to differ. (laughs) (laughs) Each to their own, I guess. I'm one of those people that, like, I can sleep for 12 hours and still wake up yawning. Wow, it's probably yeah. not healthy, but we push forward. Exactly. And when do you get to sleep for 12 hours? Like, honestly, you've got like 8 trillion clients. Constantly. Oh. What no, I mean? sleep for 12 hours most days, but I do nothing else other than work and sleep. <laughs> okay. So you don't see any, like, you don't go out to dinner or like. Very rarely. I play a bit of mm-hmm. indoor soccer, but if I had to make like a pie chart, if I had to make like a pie chart of my life, it would be like. sleep, 45% work, and then 10%, you know, being 25 and trying to be sociable. Yeah, wow. That's, um, I guess at work you're social anyway, right? So you get a bit of that. You get that. That is true. Yeah, yeah. That is true. That's the same for me. Like, I get to be forced sociability. Yeah, exactly. Like, I get to, like, when I hang out with my partner, James, and I don't know, there's someone new and I can't be bothered talking to them, I'm like, I'm not being paid to socialize. So I just really can't be bothered right now. So, (laughs) which is terrible. But when you have to talk to people for for work, you just don't want to talk after a while. You're just done. Like, James. My partner gets gets the worst side of me. I'm such a bitch at home. And everybody gets this exuberant other side and he gets like the punish, the punisher. <laughs> he just wants to sit in silence with a wine glass. You got to take the good with the bad. That's exactly. The yin and the yang. I've liked that you've adopted the word exuberant. Uh, yeah, exactly. There's, there's two sides to pick. And one, is the, one of them is the punisher and the other is the exuberator. If that's a new word. <laughs> it is now. Okay, so my first introduction to the peck, my first peck, I'm trying to think of a cool pun to go with this, but my first peck introduction was sitting on the couch on usually a Saturday afternoon watching RPM as a oh, little as a little 14, 15, 16-year-old uh, race fan. I'd sit in my little bottle-o, Mark Winterbottom, Pepsi Max shirt and just... Be all about the RPM. Oh my god, that's so cute! I can't even imagine that. I love that. I'll send you a photo of me sitting on the couch. Yes. So you saw all the fun that I got to have. I did. I uh, was massive race fan. Like think think like the biggest race fan you ever met, and then you'll probably think like of like a fourteen year old version of me. Wow, that's next level. I love that. Mm. Was it just supercars? Just supercars. Just supercars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. None of the other rubbish. I don't even really know how I got, like, I don't know how I went from, like, normal race fan to super fan, but it happened very quickly. It was a very slippery slope. It wasn't one particular race or one particular driver. It was just, it just happened, like, puberty, bang. Basically. Basically. <laughs> but it, my first event, my first event was Gold Coast 600 2013. It was the first racetrack. Yeah, wow motorsport event like like I grew up racing bikes ah oh, that's right so I do want to talk to you about your love of bikes because I also mm. I also share a massive love of bikes especially dirt bikes oh, but in honor of Priya Richards in honor of my co-host Priya Richards who is still working and can't be here with us today your first love was horse riding it actually was yeah yeah I heard you say in an interview that your first love was horse riding. Yeah, it was. I loved it. I loved jumping horses. I'd almost forgotten about that. I loved jumping horses. It was the <laughs> best fun. Like, it was so good. And I was I was good at it too. You know, when, things, when you're good at things, it's like, oh, my God, it's so much better when you're good at things. Um, so, yeah, I used, to, I used to love riding horses. And then I think it just got expensive or too far away or 
something like that. I don't even know. And then I like went into netball. Life just happened. Yeah, life just happened. I think I started netball, which I hated. Um, I don't think I'm not very sporty. I'm not very sporty. I'm a bit <laughs> lanky and pretty unco. And I'm not even very good at riding a motorcycle. So I just, I'm just, yeah, just the hand-eye coordination is is difficult for me. Um, but I did enjoy the pony, the pony side of life, the pony club. What little girl didn't really? That is true. What part of growing up for you did your, you said your dad was big into bikes. How did that influence your love of bikes? You said it happened pretty like a little bit later on. You weren't like massive into bikes, like, you know, like yeah, eight yeah, or nine, so things hey. like that. Yeah. No, so I guess when when your parents are separated, I would just see him for holidays. So that would I'd get like a little bit of moto exposure on holidays. But we we're still too young. His bikes were so big; um, they weren't like little, like little like trail bikes. It was like an adventure bike. So um, so we kind of never even uh, went there. Um, it was later in life that um, he, yeah, he took the his adventures always sounded cool, and I always, I always wanted to later in life. I always wanted to get onto a bigger bike. I was that was like the dream for me. I was like, wow, I wonder if I could do that one day. Um, and then I did, and it was everything I wanted it to be. And more, and I just loved it so much. Um, and it's they're it's quite terrifying though, and quite dangerous. Um, but yeah, there was just this sense of joy and freedom. And um, and my dad was he's a pretty free range, pretty free range human. Um, quite irresponsible, I would say, with children. I was probably um, I'm amazed that mum mum really didn't let us go on school holidays with him because he's just a loose unit um so so the the motorcycle thing was yeah I've taken it to like he he now rides a lot still on the weekends um but not so much every every year around the world um I've taken it to a whole nother level and um he just likes adventure riding and Dakar he doesn't really care for anything else. Um, and we went to, we did two weeks in Mongolia this year um, on motorbikes. And it was his 96th country that he'd been to on a motorcycle. Um, Holy moly. So that's saying something. Yeah, it's quite a few. Um, so, yeah, it was... It, it, he influenced me to get on them and, and begin and, and gave me the option, you know, the the opportunity to travel and experience that side because it's very difficult going on those big trips overseas on motorcycles because it's just a lot to organise, there's a lot to plan, you need to be mechanically minded, you need to pack well, you know, you, there's just a lot that can go wrong and that does go wrong. But for some reason they just, it, they got through, no, no one died and I didn't die and they would organise everything for me and that's that's what you want. You just want to rock up and just go riding. So that's, that Ride was an amazing bike. opportunity yeah. to go to. Yeah, like we did we did Africa first for two or three months and then we did, um, we did Sri Lanka, we did Colombia, we did Mexico, we did, did Wales. There's a couple of other places I can't even remember now. Um, so, yeah, amazing opportunity culturally and just experience-wise. So cool. So you've very quickly summarised 10, 15 years of Kate Peck at the start of this, but I want to dive into each of the little bits because I find you incredibly interesting. Ooh, thanks, Tanay. I don't, I, I, I don't know why, but sure, let's do it. <laughs> So you were 16 when you got this search for a supermodel thingamajiggy. 16. I was I was doing nothing significant with my life at 16. I was such a shithead. Um, I think that probably <laughs> exacerbated my shitheadness. Um, so, yeah, that was 16 and I got like a modelling, I guess a contract with a um, modelling agency. And, yeah, I would just do gigs. I would just do gigs um, when they pop up and try and get out of school to do them. And school was fairly good. 
um, at letting me go. So that was good. And it helped because I was able to pay some school fees and stuff. School fees for me being a shithead. Um, so, yeah, it was it was an interesting time. Very adult world working in modeling because you're working, you know, you're a kid. And there's no, there's no, you don't have any rights as a model, you know, you're just a clothes hanger and, um, and you're dealing with all these different pressures and, you know, adult situations and it can go very badly, very quickly. Um, and a lot of models don't end up so good after their career is done. So, um, I survived, which is a good thing. So how do you think that early exposure of that industry set you up for what you do now? Um, it it was very good in terms of dealing with, um, you know, adults um, and having – being able to almost like cultivate a, um, a personality because you could draw on – you're exposed to so many – so many different people and situations and, um, and yeah, you, you just learnt so much more culturally and, um, you know, you'd have to make um, decisions and um, be very independent and, you know, you're kind of making your own money and, um, yeah, so it was, it was a huge, it was a huge step up, I think, for, for me um, to, to be able to gain all that you know, really worldly experience going moving moving state when I was eighteen, and then overseas when I was quite young with kind of no help and not knowing anyone, and um, yeah, just navigating these adult situations, um, which can go well and sometimes they don't go so well. But um, yeah, I think it really helped. It helped build me and my personality. So somewhere along this timeline, you did a TV show or a little web series for National Geographic called A Model's Adventure, which involved you being a guest navigator for the Australian Rally Championship. I just don't really, like, I want to find these episodes and watch these. How do, like, how did this whole thing happen? Because yeah, I like it. A Model's Adventure yeah. is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was like it was. So, I forgot about that too. Yeah, so I co-produced this TV series on National Geographic. Lucky and, I did my um, research. Lucky I, I did my research because you are missing this. lots of details. Here. <laughs> There's lots of little bumps along the way that you just forget. You know, when you're busy, you just forget these bits. Um, yeah, so I had a, I met this amazing film producer who I'm still very close friends with today, and she she worked on the production Long Way Down with um or Long Way Round, whichever one was first, with Charlie Borman and Ewan McGregor, and I I was talking to her um, about motorcycling and how I want, I'd love to do a show like that, and we she was interested, so basically we just got together and and created a show we took it to nat geo and they funded a part of it they commissioned a, a chunk of it um and we we um we came up with four episodes of just extreme adventure one of them was sailing one of them was abseiling one of them was um navigating in the kalgoorlie um rally and uh, the other one oh it was like a jungle jungle adventure in far north queensland um so super random and yeah it was it was great it was really hard i mean i had to abseil down this like cliff which i hate heights i'm terrified of heights um <laughs> And but the navigating was that was really cool. That that that's I'm so for that. Like you know, the, all the off road rally stuff is that's where it's at. Like that's the that's where the fun stuff is at. And like you're not on a motorcycle, so you can really push hard. Uh, but the cars always break down, and they always you know something always goes wrong. So you know, <laughs> crap thing about that. But um, yeah, so that was that that series, um, and we sold it internationally. Um, so it's like China bought it, where else bought it? A few other really random countries bought it. Um, yes, yeah, so it was a really cool experience. That's so cool. 
a fun fact about Cape Peck that I learned in my research is that you learn how to fly a plane before you learn how to drive a car. You just said you were scared of heights. How did that yeah. go for you? That was good. I, um, I When I was like 17 or something, I went and did this like intensive because my dad was a pilot and I was like, cool, I want to be a pilot. So I went and did this like intensive course um, and learned how to fly a plane. You know, obviously I couldn't just fly by myself, but um, I definitely had more experience doing that than I than I had driving a car at that stage. Um, and I, I loved it. Um, it was great. But um, then the course after that was like, it's quite expensive to become a pilot. And I think the expense just scared me off at the age of 16, 17. Um, but, yeah, it's so, it's so, so cool, so amazing. I kind of wish I kept going on it. Um, but, yeah, I just remember they were really early mornings and and the whole, like, I think we the, the stalling of the plane, that was really, really scary. Um, and yeah, yeah, that was, I do remember that, that scaring the living daylights out of me and then having to regain control (laughs) of the the aircraft. So yeah, that was, that was another really cool experience. Um, and a funny little random fact. Yeah. Is your autobiography when you write one going to be called lots of cool experiences? So it seems like that's yeah, what your probably. life is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just cool random things. That's what life's about, right? All the cool random things you can do and the opportunities you can say yes to and open yourself up to because um, you only get one life and you have to say yes to things that you're really scared of because otherwise – So you're about you know, to start wrapping Eminem there. And, Oh no, that's that's a possibility for later in the podcast though. <laughs> what I want to talk about now is we are Girls in the Grid podcast. We're women trying to make it big or trying to make it somehow in the motorsport industry and, and you know, form a path for, for other women to, to do the same. A big thing that comes up to a lot of people we talk with is balancing your career with you know, motherhood and wanting to be a mother and things like that. You have a little baby boy, mm. three years old, four years old, two years two, old. Two, two and a bit. Two? Yep. How did that whole stage of your life fit in, disrupt, become, I don't I don't know what the correct terms are, but how did you navigate that experience? Yeah. Another cool it's- experience in the life of Kate Peck. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Look, to be honest, that was one of the hardest things. Like, although my life sounds sweet, cool, cool experiences, like there's definitely the highs and the lows. And there were some really low lows with Monty. It was like COVID. The, um, we ha- I don't have any family up here anyway, but not that you could really see them anyway. But um, oh, it was like I hated being pregnant. Um, I, I am a wine writer as well and I love drinking wine. So that really (laughs) destroyed me. (laughs) Um, and, and I just hated being pregnant and I hated, yeah, but, but I wanted to have a, you know, I wanted to have a little, a little person. His name is Montgomery. Um, and then the birth was just awful. It was so awful. Like I'm still traumatized by it. Um, and then it was co- like, like James couldn't, like James could come in, but then he was only allowed in for two hours into the hospital. It was just awful. It was like, mm. if COVID's going to come in and like spread, it's going to happen in two hours, you dickheads. But anyway, that was like, <laughs> that was so, it was just so stupid. Just so many stupid rules around them. Um, so yeah, awful birth. And then Monty was really sick and he didn't, and it took us a while, it took me ages to work out what it was. And, um, and he was sick for, for a long time and we just, and so he just wouldn't sleep at all. Um, he would sleep for like tiny little bits, but it went on for months and I was just a wreck. Um, and I went and I did my first like big live TV broadcast um, when he was five months old in Adelaide and that was awful. <laughs> 
It was so awful. Um, I mean, I'm glad that I did it, but, oh, it was so hard. And I hadn't slept in, like, five months, and I was still recovering, and, oh, man, that's that was hard, hard yakka. Um, so... So yeah, it was it's full on. Um, but now it's good. But yeah, it's it's hard work. And like you know, when you're a freelancer, you don't have a job to come back to necessarily. So if if things come up when you're you know five months in, and by the time I was five months in, I was like, I'll be fine. I wasn't fine. Um, and <laughs> but I had to say yes because otherwise you don't get these opportunities again. So. Um, so I had to say yes and I, and I did it, but yeah, I was working like, I was working up till like a, like a week before I gave birth. Um, and I was also, we moved house when Monty was, we moved house while I was in hospital and the day, two days after he was born. Um, so, so I stayed in a hotel for like three nights so James could move the house so yeah, it was a lot going on, Jesus. Um, and yeah, so the yeah, it's it, it's hard work. Don't but some people have an easier time, and some people have a job to go back to, and they don't have to deal with the anxieties of, of what am I going to do when I have him and or her, and not be able to sleep, or you know, what am I going to do for work and and money and you know all those things. So yeah, it's a it's a very trying time but now it's good now we've got through the hard parts um there'll be more hard parts but we've we've got it got it good now the balance is it's a juggle because i travel a lot like once a week um but we have just been making it work um you can't overthink these things too much because you'll never do anything otherwise and you certainly Mm. won't have a child (laughs) uh i was like why didn't people (laughs) tell me this was gonna be so hard because you'd never do it if you genuinely knew. Well, uh, that sits well with me. Now I know. <laughs> yes. No children it is. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Correct. Um, but it's, they're, they're worth it in the end. They're worth it in the end. Um, and I love him to bits. And he makes me laugh every day. And he's hilarious. And, yeah, it's like... It's so different, though. It's your next chapter. You'll never be able to sleep in again for at least 16 years. Um, Like, just things, like, you just don't have... Yeah, it's just such a weird, different life post-kids. Yeah, it's just bonkers. You're you're another person. So, yep, rated highly for Kate (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just different. Like it's good, though. It's good. You, it's, you're not so selfish anymore. It's not just all about you. Oh, mm. my life is very much about me, which is hard to come to terms with. <laughs> yeah, someone else in there. That uh, normally people just say, "Yeah, it was great," and then it was great. And I like, I like your version. I like the realism of that. Uh, you know, everything's such an Instagram life and I'm bad at it too, you know. So it's yeah. it's easier to put the good things on the display, but it's um yeah, I think we probably all need to show a little bit more of reality is really uh, things can be very hard sometimes even though it looks gloss and glam. Mm. The outside is the lows that come with the highs as well. For sure, and that is just just what life is moving on to something a little more happy yes the joyous things (laughs) let's talk about pro mx and your i assume hasty introduction into that world of lunatics yeah yeah they're a different breed those motocrosses they Uh, are a different breed yes (laughs) Um, yeah, I love, I love all my moto families because there's like super bikes, there's adventure riders, there's your day, your recreational riders, and then there's your motocrosses and they're all very different people. Um, and yeah, so, so motocross is still, you know, I've been working on it for two years now. It's still kind of a new sport to me though, because there's so much to learn and there's, um, yeah, it's just, there's, there's a lot, you know, everything from the 
from the, the many different types of dirts to all the rules and regulations, <laughs> just the politics and, um, yeah, but then, you know, it's a, there's a, there, some of them are a simple breed as well. Um, but I like, I like, I like, I like them. There's the salt of the earth. They're good humans. Um, and I love the teams. They're really professional. Um, and, and, the, and, you know, they're putting their lives on the line every time they go out there because, like, deaths happen and injuries happen all mm. the time, like permanent disabilities. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not for the faint-hearted. Um, mm. Yeah, you can be, yeah, you, you've every, a lot of weekends people get pretty messed up. So, um, yeah, I, I admire what they do out there. It's a short-lived career. And they go hard and then they go home. I raced uh, I raced for 14 years at, you know, a club level. We did a little bit of like national level later down the line. But I have, you know, many, many people that I grew up with, you know, one of them had, you know, like a traumatic brain injury and, you know, yeah. was in hospital for like, you know, eight months. One of yeah, them's a quadriplegic wow. now, like, you <gasps> oh know, my God. like multiple deaths. Like it's just... It's so bizarre when you think when like like I was a four year old and my mum put me on a Pee Wee fifty and my dad <laughs> it was probably more my dad than my mum. It was probably more my dad than my mum. But put me on a Pee Wee fifty and then you like like when you're four you don't know any different. You just do it and then it becomes the love of your life racing this thing and nothing else matters in the world. And then you grow up and you see the realities of it and you're like, Holy moly, this is like real stuff. Like yeah. There would just be like people that you know a normal race weekend would just be oh yeah best mate broke their collarbone oh my brother just broke his wrist oh my brother's getting ambulance uh, getting helicoptered off the track to go we need to go and meet him at a hospital or this person's going here or this <laughs> it was uh, just a normal weekend and it's <laughs> and it's so bizarre how normal it is to be yeah I know they're also desensitized to it as well like parents as well they're like oh yeah he'll be Oh, she'll be right. Just a broken wrist. He's broken it yeah. seven times before. It's all good. No, but then it's like, well, yeah, but you've got to wipe his bum for the next, like, two months because he's <laughs> just broken both of his wrists. Like, yeah. Like... I, yeah. I had quite a few friends that did so, both yeah, wrists and you agree. just, when you think about the realities of it, not good. Mm, yeah, exactly. And then, But it's like an addiction and they, yeah, they want to get back out there and, yeah, it's... um. Yeah, it's, it's pretty hardcore. I don't know if I want Monty to to race. But we live in, like, we live in um, Sydney. There's no – we have to go far. I have to go yeah. far to find places to have ride. To to so I don't think he's going to be at risk. Exactly. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he's at risk of being exposed to a Wee 50 in our tiny little backyard. So <laughs> that's possibly a good thing. But he does have two motorcycles already. Um, oh, it started. You guys are in there. trouble. Excellent. It's yeah, you're right. I know it's the beginning of the end. It's a steep decline from here, but um, and he's a oh, yeah. goddamn menace on the scooter. So who knows? Who knows? Put him on a BMX bike. A BMX bike, a lot cheaper, yeah. a lot easier. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Requires yeah. less yeah, to transport. Yeah, I think so. Or, yeah, or yeah. what you could do. Is you could introduce him to chess. I need to know how to play chess, <laughs> but that is a great <laughs> idea. We might start with backgammon and then move on to chess. Yes, you can start with checkers. Yes. Checkers. Let's do checkers first. Move into backgammon, then on to chess. Thank you. This is a good strategy. <laughs> great, great hobby. Doesn't involve many injuries, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I don't know the stats, but yeah, it could it could be some brain injuries in there. I don't know what's it? It's a nerd injuries. <laughs> I'm not sure what qualifies as a nerd injury. It might got just like, yeah, sore get like wrists, a king, sore fingers, a king, a king to the eye, or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> stabbed by the queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh golly! Is there anything in this podcast that you think that we haven't touched on that we've that I've missed? Um, so it's been a very enjoyable chat. It has been wonderful talking about myself. 
You know, when you talk about yourself, you're like, oh man, I'm so, I know myself, so I know this story, and the story is boring. Um, yeah, it is nice to it is fun to talk about the fun things that have gone in, on in your life. Um, what else? There's lots of stuff that's going to be happening for next year, so I'm looking forward to yeah, to 2024. Next year tell and, me, tell me about yeah. 2024. A few things that I can't tell you about, um, they involve cars and women, and that's going to be an exciting space to I like um, to sink my teeth into further. Cars and women are two of our biggest things here at Girls on the Grid. Cars, women, and wine are like my – oh, and motorbikes are Ooh. like my three, three right. things that I mm. love the most in life. Um, and I'll be doing all of those things heaps more next year. So that'll be a, a watch this space. Well, on that note, I think we have concluded the Kate Peck life story. The saga of Peck. The Peck Chronicles. The saga of Peck. The Peck Chronicles. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's done in a 53-minute yeah. nutshell. Woohoo! You have so many good names for your autobiography. <laughs> oh, the pet puns are like, yeah. Once you start getting into them, they're, they're plentiful, let me tell you. <laughs> well, Kate Peck, thank you so much for your time and joining us on the Girls in the Group podcast. I've really, I've laughed more than I normally laugh in a podcast and there will be some editing required to clean this yes. bad boy up. <laughs> Yes, one can only hope um, that that I will I delivered you a podcast that needs some cleaning up. That's perfect. Job done. <laughs> I'd I'd be disappointed if you didn't. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, thank you so much for having me, and um, and I'm very humbled by you asking me to be on this podcast. So mucho appreciation and and much love to all the women. Um, and people and everybody watching and um, getting into motorsports and um, motorcycles and cars. I actually forgot. I have not done this justice. I forgot to ask our key question at the end of the podcast, which is if you had any advice for women who wanted to get involved in the motorsport industry, whether it's in presenting, it's probably just the, the spiel you give at Girls on Track, but mm. the wanting to get into presenting, you know, hosting, uh, media talent, things like that. What advice would you give to those young women? Oh, it's really difficult because there's, all of us have had such different journeys. And um, I think it's just, it really is um, persistence and trying many different avenues and going small first um, uh, because we do come across so many girls that just want to go straight into supercars and you just can't do that. You need to go for many auditions and probably not get them and get rejected a lot. Do your, um, get yourself some, you know, some low key experience. Um, you've got your own social platform. So just get some stuff up there. Even if it's not very good, you just, just get that experience under your belt because then you can delete it and, um, and you know, you get better. You just have to start. Um, and then you just need to get your networking done, get to the racetracks, get to the events, meet one person, that person will introduce you to someone else. And then, and that just kind of, that will snowball if you keep in touch with them on the regular, um, and, and have some, I never had goals, <laughs> but if you can have some, you know, little, little goal, like a little goal each, you know, year or six months or whatnot to, um, to kind of try and get to, um, then because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So um, if you know what you want to do, then great. Uh, but just be flexible as well. Be open to all those opportunities that will present themselves and say yes to yes to everything, even if it makes you uncomfortable and challenges you, that's when you are going to grow. Um, so, yeah, make sure you get out of your comfort zone and and you never know where things are going to lead to. Um, that would be – and just persist. You just just persist, 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 and then you'll get there eventually. On that note, thank you, Kate Beck. Pleasure. I appreciate you joining me for this lovely chat. Thank you so much, Kate Peck, for joining us on the Girls on the Grid podcast. As I said earlier, I'm just so in awe of this woman. She is so, so bloody cool. And I'm so excited to see what she has in store this year. 
what a just what a queen like she does literally so much she's a mum. she's killing it some of the stories some of the stories she told me about the crazy stuff she got up to she used she used to like roll into pubs like on her motorbike wearing like her full like motorbike protective stuff go into like the toilets of the pub get changed into this like really nice like model get up go to an audition come back to the pub get back into her motorbike protective gear and then ride off on her bike again that's like oh boss. My that God. is boss level vibes right there that is that is very very boss bitch i love it no she's amazing and we hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode we are on for a really big year and it's going to be crazy but we're really really motivated at the moment and we're really wanting to do the best we can with this podcast and just kind of knock it out of the park a bit more and and do so much more whether it's podcasts or just other little things anything we can do you know we love it and uh yeah can't wait for an incredible 2024 so Priya, tell me how are you, how are you spending your Sunday night? It's currently eight forty six p.m. What are you going to do tonight? Well, I have worked at Sandown all day, teaching kids how to drive. I taught That's six children dangerous. how to drive. That's dangerous. When I say children, I, I mean te- teenagers. I would not trust yeah. you to teach me how to drive. Really? You know what? I understand that. I've been in but- a car with you. <laughs> <laughs> But I taught six teenagers how to drive and they were they were great. They were awesome. I'm very proud of them. But it's a lot of work, you know. Um, I'm very tired and I have a week off. So I am going to probably have a shower and I'm going to have some wine and I'm going to start getting my life together. You're going to get ready for <laughs> I've just been over. Yes, and our sleepover. And I've just been away for the last week really I went on holidays and then did the car thing the car thing I'll talk about that in the next episode but I actually went on a holiday which was really nice I went to Great Ocean Road and and I actually I went to a festival in Adelaide too so I'm still buzzing over it and <laughs> oh, I just made that sound like really yeah you are wait cut this bit out I just I'm not cutting any like I'm not cutting anything <laughs> out I wasn't whatever you thought I wasn't okay he was no, buzzing was, the festival was the festival was great and I was very sober. I was and I enjoyed it a lot. Oh my god. She says it's a lot of shakes. I enjoyed I it a lot. <laughs> I need to think about what I say before I talk. Oh my god. I'm not cutting okay. any of this out. That's no, that's fine. This is this is me. We are real. We are real. We're very real. Um but yeah, looking forward to uh, the last week and what the hell is going on? Sorry, my laptop is freaking out right now. I am gonna spend the next. I'm gonna spend the next hour before my bedtime driving a super formula car on Gran Turismo Seven, and I'm excited. God, we are just such sick people, aren't we? <laughs> How cool are we? Aren't we the coolest? I love it. I to be fair I yeah I was meant to have an early night last night and I ended up being on my simulator my simulator Clay's gonna kill me for that it's basically my simulator (laughs) at this point um I was on it for hours and I didn't even realize the time and I was having the time of my life too god we are nerds how good the best all right well we hope you all have a great week thank you for listening to this episode with Kate Peck as well as our rambling as always we uh, love you. We love you all and looking forward to an awesome year. We will I'm sure you'll get to all you of soon. the up where I'm sure you'll get all the updates from our sleepover. Um yeah. in the next episode. Next episode. This could be this could be interesting. <laughs> all right. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> Don't make it weird. You've just listened to another Network R production.